I'm picking up good vibrations. I'm picking up good vibrations. Good, 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 good vibrations. Welcome back to Jeremiah Wonders, everybody. Hope you're feeling those good vibrations on Jeremiah Wonders Radio today. Hope you guys had a good week. I had a splendid week. I did something this week that made me just feel really, really good. I went skating, skateboarding with, uh, not roller skating, but I went skateboarding. Um, that sounds so like, <laughs> oh, I went skateboarding this weekend. But yeah, uh, no, over the, the week, um, uh, last week on, uh, on Monday, uh, just earlier in the week, I went skating with my buddy David Deary and... I haven't been out in a long time, and it was just so much freaking fun. He's a, he's a great skater, skated way longer than me, and is a way more skilled skater than I am. So he was kind of coaching me through some stuff, and I had some freaking breakthroughs. I've, I've never dropped in before, which uh, if you know anything about skateboarding, it's, uh, it's not really that big of a deal but it's kind of scary if you don't skate very much I always just did like simple like you know flat stuff you know I do like some some rail stuff like board slides and maybe 50 50s if it was a really good day or something like that but nothing too crazy but I've always enjoyed skating I just got into it like late in life like in high school in which if you get into something that late that's like a, a sport, it's pretty hard. The learning curve is pretty difficult for you. But I went with my buddy, David Deary, to Encino at the skate park. And he, through him, like, pushing me and, like, kind of coaching me, like, you can do it. You, like, like this is all in your head. It's a mental obstacle. You can push through it. I dropped in and I rocked to fakie, which is, like, it's two things that I've been wanting to do for years and I, I put like this mental block myself. I kept thinking that I was going to like get hurt or something like really bad was going to happen, but he encouraged me. And it was just one of those things where I, it felt like a mental breakthrough. It felt what, like after I did it, I felt like I was in set and like in the movie inception or something and, or, or the matrix. I was like, Oh, I can do anything I want. Like literally anything I want if I put my mind to it. So it was like this positive adrenaline rush that was like flowing through my body. And, uh, and I was like, it just put things into per- perspective, like something I was really scared of for like a long time. I finally conquered little bits of it. So I hope to go back and, uh, and do more of that with different friends, but it's, it's just like a little thing that happened to me that I thought was uh, super fun. So shout out to, uh, my friend David Deary for helping me out with that. I also did a super uh, fun show at Nerd Melt this week, uh, called the fictional roast. And we roasted Disney villains, and I was Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Ha, ha, ha. It was super fun. Hopefully there will be some video uh, of that soon. But they're shutting down another great comedy place in L.A. It's like uh, It was like one of the pinnacles of alt comedy in the back of this comic book store uh, called Meltdown. And uh, they had this these great shows that they did there every night and these really fun, I did like historical roast there, fictional roast with shout out to, uh, uh, Eddie Firth and, uh, 
Sammy Junio and Ryan Pig, who run that show. They're going to be doing other places, which I highly recommend you check that show out. But it's just sad whenever uh, another comedy place, Iowa West and the Nerd Melt, like within a couple months of each other, it's kind of crazy. When did my buddy Ari Schneider's Jewish Wedding? Yeah. And I emphasize Jewish Wedding because I, I think I like Jewish Weddings more than just regular weddings. You, you get to see people up on chairs. People are dancing in circles and like like just like this this fun, positive energy that's going around. Yeah, I usually don't like weddings, man, but Jewish Weddings this is pretty fun. It was a good time. Uh, I, I want to, you know, give a shout out to my sponsors for sure. Speedweed, LA Speedweed. Thank you, Gino. Always supporting the show. Hit up at Speedweed on Twitter. It's a marijuana delivery service. So get your, get your ganja green, sticky, icky, bicky, blueberry, yum, yum, like all that stuff. Hit up Gino at Speedweed. And then uh, I have a special thing that I want to do right now. This is, I I went to Joe's, Joe's Pizza this week uh, in West Hollywood on Sunset Boulevard right next to the comedy store. And I told Joe that I would give him a little bit of airtime. <laughs> so I've always wanted to say this. And now a word from our sponsor. Hey guys, good morning, a raining day in LA. This is Joe from Joe's Pizza on Sunset Boulevard. And uh, yes, this is the New York pizza. If you want to come and try uh, a pizza, New York pizza in LA, it's that's where you guys coming. And uh, yes, we welcome any competition. And of course, if you come in here and you tell me that Jeremy sent you here, you will get a little discount. You have a great day again from Joe's Pizza. Bye. How cool is that? Joe from Joe's Pizza just did a freaking commercial for you on Jeremiah Wonders. I don't even consider it a commercial. I just consider it something cool <laughs> to have the actual owner do like a local commercial on this podcast. It's freaking dope. Have an, and if you if you noticed, he said something. We welcome any competition. And uh, there's some people that got mad at me on my Instagram because I was eating at a different pizza place this week in Santa Monica, and I was giving them a shout-out because I'd never tried salad pizza before. Sounds like an oxymoron. Actually really good over at, at Gray Block. Uh, but that guy owns um, that. He actually owns a, a different pizza company in uh, in Bend, Oregon, called Bronx Born Pizza, and he said, you know what? I want to sponsor the show, but I don't want to be that guy who is stepping on any toes with pizza places in L.A., I'm going to sponsor you through my shop in Bend, Oregon. It's called Bronxborn Pizza. Check them out at Bronxborn Pizza on Instagram. And we have got some really cool stuff cooking up uh, for the podcast. I'm going to make an announcement soon, hopefully on the, this next episode. But uh, he's helping me a lot with some stuff. And I can't wait to share a pretty amazing story about how this sponsorship came to be but check uh check that out for now especially if you're in the oregon area <sighs> kindness challenge i did want to talk about that my kindness challenge uh i've been if you haven't been listening to the podcast i challenge you to to you know do something nice for a stranger or a friend somebody in need of anything it could be really small my kindness was such a small thing this week it uh, like just to show you an example it can literally be anything the, there was a, a bathroom attendant at this uh, wedding that I just went to. And they work for tips a lot of times, right? And there was only like $1 or 
in the tip jar. And it's very clear to me. I used to work jobs like that where I you you put your own couple doll the first couple dollars in to get it started. You know what I mean? Like it's always your own money. And it was clear that it was just his money that he started to show people like, hey, I accept tips kind of thing. And uh, I put a $5 bill in there because the, the guy was nice. And I was like, you know what? I, I usually don't tip bathroom attendants. I usually don't, you know, I don't really have <laughs> the money to to be randomly tipping bathroom attendants. And not that I go to many places with bathroom attendants. You get the point, though. It can be something little. And hopefully that led to more tips for him, which improved his, his day and his night and his week. So I, that's just a little the little dumb thing that I did. But there's a guy who tweeted at me. I loved this. He said that there was a homeless guy uh, that was like kind of down on his luck. He got him a slice of pizza. Heck yeah, that's what I'm freaking talking about. Bringing people joy and especially with pizza. Heck yeah, dude. I appreciate you tweeting that at me. Uh, I wanted to read this letter that is a really cool thing that that uh, this guy Jared uh, he said he he didn't want me to say his last name but he sent in this letter to me uh, to at uh, to your boy Jeremiah Watkins at gmail.com, which you can do the same um, I'll read um, some other emails uh, as the weeks come on this one's a little bit longer but I wanted to read this in a voice which I think is maybe what this guy sounds like. Uh, that's what I want to start doing with the letters, um, is is my take on what they possibly sound like. So this is like my imagination stirring right here. So I'm going to to read you that letter right now. <clears throat> hey, Jeremiah. I wanted to share my story of grand kindness to strangers since you always express doing so on your podcast. I was in the process of finding a place for this for approximately six plus months before it worked out in an odd way last month. As you know, I have a type of leukemia, full name is Philadelphia Chromosome Positive Chronic Melogenous Leukemia, or for short, PH plus CML. I was on one type of oral chemo for around four years. In that time, I managed to somehow accumulate a ton of the drug in its boxes, sealed, etc. Oh, and there was a year supply that I had left. But I was getting lots of side effects, so we switched to a different oral chemo drug. The original drug was between $8,300 to $12,000 per month supply. My insurance amazingly covered it, as they do for the new drug, with, which is uh, $13,500 to $15,000 monthly. So I had all of this medication, which I wanted to get to someone who was in need and unable to pay, nor had coverage, but my luck in the States was no good. Then I began thinking internationally. Countries where treatment was maybe difficult to get, I thought of Venezuela. As soon as I did, I began getting messages from Venezuela, Aria posts on Instagram showing all the boxes of meds I had. I did all I could to make sure it wasn't just a scammer who was going to sell it on the black market. They currently can't even get aspirin without violent gangs and high prices, which the dictator Maduro made that way. So cancer patients can forget it. So I'm able to see this guy's IG page, his family, etc. All appears good. We spoke for a while. It's for his mother, who was on the drug 14 years before Maduro took power. He showed me to her, her Venezuelan doctor's script, in Spanish, but the written part was clear enough that I knew what it was for. So the point is that after I felt 100% confident they were legit, I met with a family member who is in L.A. and gave all 50 boxes to him. <laughs> 
He has a friend in the Red Cross in Colombia, which is allowed to cross into Venezuela with meds. They brought the chemo to my guy, and now they have a solid year supply of life-saving medication, which can be stretched out if she takes a somewhat lower daily dose. Even better is that I was first dealing with a girl also in Venezuela who needed the same medicine, but the language barrier made it very difficult to get it to her. Plus, I couldn't just ship a box full of meds to her. It would surely get snagged at customs. So it turns out these two live only 10 to 20 minutes from each other. So I asked the guy to do me one favor in return and to contact her and arrange something where he would give some of the boxes of meds to her. And he did. The whole thing made me feel great about everything I did and that at least two people will live healthier and longer because of that medicine. So that's that. I felt you'd enjoy my story of kindness. Keep those podcasts coming. I really do love it. The Collins are hilarious and it's been all great guests. Todd Glass was great. See you soon. Peace. Jared. How freaking cool is that? Man, what a story. This guy sending his own medication that he can't use. He, he wants to send it to a good cause. He made it happen. Got it to somebody in another country, technically pretty illegally, but it's going to help save their lives. And, and that's what I'm freaking talking about. That's what I, why I love this kindness challenge. It's so cool. And thank you guys for sending me stories like that. And uh, tweet at me, uh, you know, comment on Instagram, send me emails, do it all. It, it, it's freaking cool. I'll read them on the podcast. I really enjoy it. Another thing that I wanted to do, uh, and this is a challenge for me, I want you guys to uh, comment on Instagram or Twitter at Jeremiah Standup. Hit me up on that or email me at your boy Jeremiah Watkins at gmail.com. Uh, some impression and singing challenges. If you want me to sing a cover of a song or do an impression of a celebrity, I want to I want to work on it, and I'm going to try to do them on the podcast at some point. I want to I want to start integrating some interaction with some some celebrity impressions or, or characters that you would like to see pop up on the show, and they can be characters that you've already heard me do on Kill Tony, and you want me to try to integrate them onto Jeremiah Wonders. We'll see what can happen organically. That would be fun, though. I appreciate all the reviews as well, guys. Thank you so much for reviewing on iTunes, all the comments, the five-star ratings. That does help. If you haven't done it yet, head over to iTunes. Do it for me. And uh, whatever platform you're you're listening to the podcast on, I hope you're enjoying it. Uh, the ratings help a lot, so I appreciate it. And uh, tell a friend what you're listening to. Heck yeah. Let's get through some uh, upcoming show dates, and we'll get right into this episode with Josh Wolf. Man, he... Uh, He's another guest who dived right in, and his sax talk is really cool on this one. It's a little special treat. Nobody's quite done it like him yet, which I appreciate putting a new spin on things. Upcoming shows, April 5 through 7. Kill Tony is in Arizona. That's right. April 10th, stand up on the spot. Come see it at the Comedy Store every second Tuesday of the month. Hit me up. That's my baby. That's my show. It's so much fun. It's some of the best comics in the world doing material you've never seen before and they've never even done before on stage through your suggestion so much fun april 13th through 15th i'm recording the reagan and watkins album with my boy patty reagan up in ventura full band in the studio it's gonna happen can't wait to 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 leak some singles your way uh we're gonna be doing some music videos and stuff for that coming up as well super excited to share that with you guys april 19th through 21st i'm in moon tower in austin texas i'm there 
doing stand-up on the spot. I'm there doing the goddamn comedy jam. I'm there doing stand-up shows. I'm there doing Big J Okerson's crowd work show. It's going to be a freaking blast. If you're in Austin, definitely get a pass to Moon Tower. Such an amazing festival. I love it. April 22nd uh, is a festival called Broke LA. The Wave is headlining a show on April 22nd, Sunday, right after I get back in town from Austin. And then April 27th through 28th, I'm with the Golden Pony. Wise guys, Salt Lake City, Utah. Golden Pony and the Golden Goose together once again. I'm featuring for him. Those are always awesome shows. Come see us. And then uh, Josh Wolf mentions a, uh, a show that he's uh, about to start doing on Twitch. That's going to be on Tuesdays. So uh, check that out. Check out uh, Josh Wolf's J- Josh Wolf's Twitter and stuff like that. And uh, do it up, guys. I appreciate all the love on this show. Thank you for all the positive feedback. And uh, email me or whatever with uh, any guests that you're trying to get on the show. I've got some fun ideas for some guests coming up. And without further ado, I would like to present to you my episode of Jeremiah Wonders with Josh Wolf. In that order? Yeah. Probably true. It's <laughs> just Craig Laser just calling into the show. I'm sorry, man. I know that you expect to get paid for headlining 19 shows in Kansas City this weekend, but... How come you post-dated the check until 2022? You know, that's probably it'll be good by then. We gotta wait on it just a little bit. Um, By that time, are you going to buy a toupee that's not crooked? King of Sting movie comes out, then I might be able to afford a different one, but for now, I'm just going to keep it as is. Okay, I just want to tell you, you've been wearing that one backwards. That's actually the back, and the front is in the back. Wait, the the tag goes in the back? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that little thing, those are called bangs. Those are supposed to be in front. Yeah, well, I always like to bang from behind, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hell yeah, bro. Hell yeah. <laughs> Oh, Craig Glazer. Oh, man, Craig Glazer. The what comedy a comedy king. Comedy king, king of sting of Kansas City. It, <laughs> that was, for those of you, because most people probably don't know his I voice. I have no idea. Oh, yeah. But that's spot on. <laughs> like, I can do two impersonations. I can do Droopy Dog, mm-hmm. and I can do my neighbor, Jeff. But nobody knows Jeff. But I just, you just have to take for granted. Wait, I, I would like to know what Jeff sounds like. Oh. Is Jeff, wait, I think he's calling into the show, actually. Oh, oh, hey. Hey, can you? Is Josh Wolf there? Can you can you tell him that his music is too loud in the backyard? It, it's it's keeping my kids awake. What kind of music is he playing? Oh, I can't really even hear it. It's just the kids say they can hear it, and it's really distracting them from their homework and their sleep. Oh, okay. Uh, I can tell Josh to to try to maybe turn it down. Yeah. Uh, it, also, his car. Uh, sometimes he comes home late at night, and he's playing his music loud, and I think my kids can hear that too. I'm I'm sorry. It sounds like you're living next to a real rebel. Wait, it's not really that. I just I'm nosy as fuck, and I keep my window open, and I wait for him to make some noise so I can call him and go stop making noise. Well, at least you're really honest and straightforward with your personality, Quartz. <laughs> <laughs> That's you know somebody being that honest, <laughs> like just laying <laughs> just laying it out on the line like that, you know. Yo, he is legitimately. Like, I'll be in my backyard. And, you know, I do these things for my backyard called High Lives. Yeah. Well, I just get high, and I get on my Facebook fan page, and I go live. And I just, I'm just high. 
and I'm talking to people and in your but wait, what's the premise though? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not following. It's pretty simple. Okay. Right? Okay. So, and by the way, in, in the fence in my backyard is like the 405 for animals. For whatever reason, that is the Critter Express. What kind of animals are we talking here, Josh? Do you want to know? I would like to know. Possum. Okay. Raccoon. Okay. Squirrel. Okay. One cat who seems intent on catching all three of these animals. Mm. Uh, and a uh, an animal that I am not going to go ahead and say what it is yet. Okay. Because it was bigger than a cat. And I would think bigger than a raccoon. But pretty sure dogs aren't walking on the tops it of fences. Might be a badger. In Encino? <laughs> <laughs> you know that guy who you know that guy, that one dude in the neighborhood. everybody's nice neighborhood, right, I'm right, convinced, right. has one dude who has like four animals he shouldn't have. Oh, dude, there's always that guy with like one exotic oh. animal that's like, how did you get that here? Yeah, and you're like, you know he said to his wife, Have you seen the badger? What? The badger? I think the I think the badger got out. Like, yeah. But that's why in Florida, like when people say, I found a 74 foot python under my house. Yeah. Like, somebody's bringing these into these different cities. And then they just decide they don't like, want it. I think this is kind of a high maintenance pet. But here's what's crazy. Like, I have to have to feed this snake goats and stuff. Yeah, right. When it gets big enough, that people's brain, they're like, well, I don't want it anymore. So I guess I'll just let it out in the wild where people live. It's the stupidest. Just kill it. Do you ever think, like, whenever you see, uh, like, you know, like, bow constrictors, or not bow constrictors, like, pythons, like, swallow, yeah. like, like animals or people, like, just as a man, like, have you ever thought, like, I, I could freaking break through <laughs> through that? Yeah. Like, once you're inside, you'd be like, I, I have that, <laughs> that dream of just, like, I have a knife on me, mm -hmm. and I'm just going to cut it open from the inside and just, like, crawl out and be like. Total Ant-Man it, just, like. Yeah. And come out big. I listen. There, as a man, there are tons of situations where you're like, man, if some dude came to mind, if hey, this happened to me, dude, you know what will happen? You know what, bro? That dude will get a left and he'd get a right. <laughs> and you know, like, and honestly, have you ever seen yourself fight? No, I would. I mean, I haven't really fought ever. So yeah, there's It'd how probably you be pretty think embarrassing. you look. Oh, <laughs> there's how you think you look. Uh -huh. And the Rocky music is playing behind you, and you're like fucking throwing jabs, you know. And then there's I will tell you that it, confidently I'll tell you my fight record is like four and eight, mm -hmm. five and not uh, five and seven because one time I was on the winning team but I lost. But now, are you usually the one to initiate these, or do you have a quick temper? You got kind of guy with a quick temper. Neither. I I, am, I just find myself in these well, situations. It's when I was younger, right? Okay, yeah. Okay, so, and I used to drink. Mm -hmm. I don't really drink anymore. I'm just a weed guy. And, you know, I grew up with three older brothers. So I don't have a really good idea of when I should stop talking. Uh, right and not only that so is there a guy usually that would interact with you be like this guy needs to shut up and you're like ah come on okay so I'm gonna <laughs> tell you a great story I okay. think the dude who beat me up actually might be on the phone is he yeah oh wait yeah I see this uh, coming up on the caller ID hello uh, thanks for calling in to Jeremiah Wonders yeah how you doing uh pretty good uh, I was just talking to I think you know him Josh Wolf he oh. said that you Got in a fight with him uh, a while back. Yeah, I guess if you want to call it a fight. Uh, 
Old boy didn't put up much of a fight, if you know what I mean. What did What did you do to him? Well, uh, he was making fun of me in a bar, and uh, I didn't like it too much, and I wasn't smart enough to say anything back to him because that's not my strength, my smarts. And so uh, he made fun of me one time, and my, my girlfriend laughed in my face. Do you remember what? Josh said to you that, that kind of triggered that, where your girlfriend was laughing in your face? Yeah, uh, I had he mentioned something about how tight my jeans were and that they still couldn't see my dick and was wondering if I had tucked it or just not brought it with me that night. <laughs> I mean, that's a very specific <laughs> observation from Josh. Well, uh, he was sitting right across from me, and I had said something about suck my dick, and he had said, listen, I, I wouldn't offer that to people if it's not visible from this situation. Now, so you initiated the suck my dick initiation. Well, he had said something to me again that had made me angry, and suck my dick was the only thing that I could think of in response. Because re- it seems like you're a really smart guy. Well, most of my brain is in my hands. Uh, my hands know what to do. I've, I've heard that some people are born brain with hands. that. Yeah, yeah, brain I, hands. I got brain hands because uh, my, my hands generally know what to do. Uh, my head uh, does not. Right. It follows suit, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, my hands don't wear suits. So I don't know if you <laughs> – that seems weird to have little hand suits. Yeah. You have ties on your hands, Jeremiah. Uh, no, uh, you know, sometimes I'll tie a string just to remember something like, uh, you know, like in, in It's a Wonderful Life, uh, the guy who's the, the bank teller at I'm, that. I'm, I'm not familiar with that one. Oh, it's a classic American film that I used to watch every year. But anyway, sure I digress. You sure it's American? I haven't seen it. You sure it's American? Jimmy Stewart. I don't know. Is that the race car driver? We're getting warmer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the race car driver, Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He he, he does have a wonderful life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So um, we were in a bar, Mm -hmm. and I basically told him that it was time for him to step outside and take his whooping like a man. Now, was he eager, or was this whenever he, he kind of recoiled back a little bit? Uh, he, ne- tried to, he tried to joke his way out of it. He seems like a funny comedian kind of guy. Yeah, neither. He didn't seem eager to fight, but he also seemed like the kind of guy that had... Uh, just was unwilling to back down. Mm-hmm. Did he have any friends with him that he, he was kind of showing he, off for? He, he had four friends with him mm. who stood off to the side. Oh, so they didn't do anything. Uh, they did not. Oh, very. <laughs> it sounds like he has had a good group of friends with him. Well, I happen to have four friends with me who are all larger than everybody in his group. Oh, so you guys were ready to square off. Uh, we weren't scared, and uh, apparently his friends were. And so what, <laughs> what <laughs> happened was uh, he took a swing. When I wasn't ready. And he hit me right in the jaw. And now, how did you react to that? Uh, Well, uh, my head turned for a second, but I didn't budge, and my feet didn't move. And I turned back to him, and I said, son, you're going to have to do better than that. And now, how scared was Josh? I don't believe I've seen fear on someone's face like that before. Uh, He he clearly knew that there was no chance for him moving forward in this particular. And then my brains took over. Mm -hmm. You know, your hand brains. My hand brains took over because they know what to do. Right. And I proceeded to give him a whooping, but I never really let him hit the ground. I kept picking him up and talking to him. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Do you remember any of the things that you were saying as you? Josh doesn't remember many of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, I can do, only but assume. Do you, but do you remember? Yeah, I think I said you ought to be careful about who you pick fights with. Because sometimes you're going to end up like this. Ah, pop. Oh, you can't fall down yet. I'm not done talking to you. So very much like uh, you were telling like uh, a story inside of a screenplay as you <laughs> were punching it, it. Yeah, it was might as well have said enter. <laughs> Interior. <laughs> Exterior <Interior> bar. <laughs> Josh's face hits the ground. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a uh, it was an ass kicking. It was an ass kicking. But my problem is, man, is that I not only have three older brothers, so I enjoy the the verbal. Yeah, the jousting, the I back love, and forth. Of it. course, that's part of the fun. But I'm also because I had three older brothers. I'm just not good at at saying, "Okay, I'm gonna walk away." If someone says, "You're a pussy," not anymore. I'm a grown up now. But back then, I was still kind of in it. And if someone says, "You're a pussy," then I just gotta be. What like, are you, McFly? Yeah. Chicken? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Nobody. Calls me chicken. <laughs> Who did a better uh, I haven't hit puberty yet voice? Uh, Michael J. Fox or Kirk Cameron? Oh, that's really good question. Uh, Kirk Cameron's, he kept pretty consistent for that entire show. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, he's like that, I just mean, milking a hair yeah, there. You know? Pretty good. But Michael J. Fox, I he feel like, the, used, he used his the moments. Yeah, don't you think so? Yeah. Cameron was more consistent, and he did it all of the time. He also, well, he also had to do it, you know, if we're looking at the the length of a film, but over seasons of television mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. do you ever, as somebody who does voices, mm-hmm. do you ever watch cartoons or even things like Seinfeld with guys like Kramer, yeah, or George? And see how throughout their seasons the character changes, whether their voice or their mannerisms, just a little bit. Like early season Kramer, as opposed to fourth season Kramer, is a different person. Uh, very different. I've noticed that in sitcoms for quite a while. Why do you feel that is? When you're making up a character, right? Why does it seem to even out a little bit and not be as extreme as the time goes on? Well, I think it could be one or two things because sometimes you'll see in sitcoms the characters become more extreme. And I, that's whenever I feel like they're playing to the audience, where they're mm-hmm. like, they didn't really know what exactly the character was, but they're finding what works with the audience and the viewers. So they'll start hitting those notes a little bit harder as the seasons progress. But I think for the most part, it's like coming up with like characters and different stuff like that. You're just kind of figuring out like which things that you want to continue to do with it and how to expand it. So you might start off a little bit too hot and you're like, oh, I need to I need to ground this a little bit more. Or you'll heighten it a little bit later as maybe as seasons progress. So maybe sometimes with guys like Kramer, you he 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 auditions or however and he looks at the log line and goes, Oh, this dude is bing at right. ten all the time. And then as the season goes, he was like, he needs a little humanity. Well you need more depth as well because uh you know you people don't gravitate towards these one dimensional characters mm-hmm. because that becomes a one note thing the diff- that's the difference between seeing like a uh, you know a character on Saturday night live that you only see one time versus somebody that they can bring back it's a little bit more of a three dimensional character that people 
kind of feel like they know maybe yeah. or there's nuances in the character that people are like, I believe that that's, that could be a real person or I know somebody like that. Well, when you make characters, how do you decide if you go, oh, I, this dude's going to this this guy's going to stick around? Is there a sign for you, even before you show it to an audience, where you're like, I like this guy. I'm going to work him for a little while. Yeah, there's there's definitely like thing. There's definitely times where I'll do, I'll be excited to do a character, and like before I've even gone out uh, to do it, like, uh, and I'll be like, I, I have like my gut will be like, I think this is gonna. There's something there with this one, mm-hmm. and then it's usually. Like we do uh, Kill Tony every Monday, which which yeah. you've done multiple times. Uh, on that show, we do new characters every single week. So some we do once and never again, which is and then there's some though that are we've started to have recurring characters on the show where we're like we're gonna bring back those guys or those girls or and is some of it be what you like or is it some of it just like the audience is like some we of love. it is, some of it is is um is what I like but. Uh, there's a handful that surprise me that people will tweet at me or post on Instagram. Like I did one recently uh, called Cat Burglar mm-hmm. that uh, we did. We were four cat burglars yeah. that came on the show. But after everything this guy said, he's just like, Cat Burglar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you never know why. And I don't, yeah. Like you don't know why certain things work, but like no matter what, if I bombed with a joke or whatever, like this guy would just be like like excited to be there and he'd be like, Cat Burglar. <laughs> you know what's funny is that I tell a story and it is a 17-minute story. And there's part of the... St- it's it's about going to Old Cella a couple of years back. Mm-hmm. And how I when I was there, there was a woman in her mid-60s with her husband mid-60s. You said Old Cella? It, it's Coachella for old people. Right, right. Yeah. I just want to clarify yeah, for old, the listeners. It was Old Cella. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was The Who, The Stones, McCartney, Neil Young, Roger Waters, Bob Dylan, all in the same place. Yeah, it's great. Old Cella. Yeah. I don't know what else. I, I took I took mushrooms. I know. I was just curious yeah, 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 which yeah, which, yeah. which artist performed there that year. Uh, the oldest. Yeah. Of, that I, I think Bob Dylan is the oldest living person who's still singing into a microphone. Well, Tony Bennett. Uh, but so I'm there, and there was a, there's a woman who, and I was I told the stories a couple times, and this woman next to me was scratching her husband's back for the entire show, the first night, two and a half hours. So the first time I told the story. I did, and so I started talking about this woman next to us who scratches dude's back for two and a half hours, and I just made this noise with a scratching. How would you describe that? A scratching, yeah, just yeah, yeah. To, to make it look like he, she was scratching his back. But I do it on stage. I mimic it, right? But I make the noise. Shh, 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 shh. Okay, so I do it once, and it gets a giggle. But I need. I know that I'm going to be referencing her scratching the entire time, right? So I don't just want to do this. I want to give it a noise. You know what? And it ends up being, as I do it throughout the story, it builds, and and every time it gets a bigger laugh. Yeah. And it's one of those comedy things where you're like, I have no idea why they're laughing. Isn't that bizarre? When you find those things where you're like, I don't even know why this is a joke, but they're laughing I don't know if it's the specific spot in the story. Right. I don't know if it's the noise. Like, you never really know with things like that. And, like, you don't know why Cat Bugler at the end works, but for it's a happy accident. You find it, and you're like, well, I'm in. Which is why, man. Like, I'm so envious, and also uh, I have so much respect for what you do, dude, because 
There's no way to be successful in this town unless you take risks and have balls. There's zero chance. Zero, and you have to fail. You have to be able to put yeah. something out there and have nobody laugh and and go, okay. And instead of shrinking into your shell, you have to use it as a learning experience and be like, all right, well, that doesn't work, so I'm going to try this one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's definitely <laughs> But, dude, <laughs> you have to have is... a thick skin. You have to have a thick skin for that. Not everybody can do that shit. No, I, uh, I've i done many, many, many act-outs over the years where I'm like, da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm doing jazz yeah. hands and everything. And what, I'm, I'm what about getting... the one you know 100% is going to work? I'm like, this is funny, man. And you can't wait to get to the end. You get to the end, and it's like crickets. You're like, I don't. What the fuck just happened? Yeah, and I'm just like, <laughs> I guess I'm quitting okay, comedy yeah. tonight. <laughs> well, if you didn't like that one, then how about this one? Yeah, that's that's my mentality. It's like, oh, you didn't like that? Okay, I got some other stuff for but you. How long did it take you to grow the skin, man? Because that's not a that's a you have to develop that skin. Yeah. Well, I have a weird shut. I the only way I can describe it is I have this weird shut off valve in my brain. That whenever I am committing to something, I know that it's funny. Maybe it's not fully formed yet, yep. and maybe it's not there yet, but I know inherently there's something funny about that. So I'm going to see it through. And if it gets nothing, then I have to reanalyze and be like, okay, I'm either not setting it up right, I'm not executing something right, or it might just need some editing. Like, it's usually one of those three things. But you go all in on everything, yeah. dude. Yeah. And I will tell you this, and I'm sure you can think of some people, too. You know, I, 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 rem I can think of a couple comics where I watch, and I can watch their whole set and be like, half those laughs, they got on confidence alone. They got on confidence. Uh, that yeah, that's that's an interesting thing. They, which I, I'll see some comics. Where and I'm that's like, not a negative, by the way. But that's right. part of being a comic. Like yeah. people want to laugh at somebody who's telling them, "Hey, this is funny." Right. And that confidence carries you a long it way. It helps. The only thing that's bad about it is every once in a while, we'll, you know, we'll see comics around that have the confidence but not the jokes, yeah. and then <laughs> you're just a comedian in the bag, just cringing so hard. You're like. You're like, this guy's getting laughs over, like, this garbage that's being spewed on stage. So crazy. So I'm hope, you know, I always <laughs> hope that, like, I, what, whenever I analyze, like, all right, let's make sure that there's still quality in this bit before I keep pounding it over and over until, you know, you get that diamond. Yeah. It's literally, like, charcoals in the diamond, like, finding... Those bits, like, you know. That's how I do stories, man. That's yeah. how I do stories is I take a... I'm sure you tell the really long version first. I every tell... Every detail. Yeah, every detail, because for me... You don't know what's going to trigger the, the little laughs here yes! and there, or they could take you down certain roads. And, like, for me, the truth is always funniest. So... Yeah. They're, like, the shh, shh, sh people can tell that they're, it's based in a reality that, that it's they're true, and then you just happen to be heightening it, people love that. I have a video online right now that just got posted last week or something crazy like that. It's a joke I've been telling for years. I don't even tell it on stage anymore. I, I'm, it's, I'm about a, an hour and a half or two hours past material-wise on that. And the, uh, All Things Comedy just put it on their Facebook page. It's got 7 million views. 
Whoa. Congrats. That's amazing. But I don't know where it's a story. And I've always been scared to put my stories up because mine are 10 to 15 minute long stories. And I always and you're like, are people going to stay in it? Nobody like watches. people are ADD. Yeah. But um, it's some of the comments and I tried not to read any comments, but some of them were like, I like this story. You can tell it happened. Like that stuff is people important like to that. people. They're, it's important yeah. to people. Now, on the other end, there's Kevin Hart. Who just tells the most ridiculous? Yeah. Chappelle, but he, but he tells you know. it with the most confidence in the world, and you're like, I'm, a, I'm fucking right. on board. It doesn't for this. matter at that yeah, point. I'm on board for right. this. I'm on board for this. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, yeah, man. I, 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 I find for me, storytelling is easy because at the end of the day, even if it's not funny, if the story's compelling, at least I didn't bomb. Interesting, right? See the way that's interesting that you say that because. I don't. I, I have some bits that are more story like, uh, but I don't tell many like longer stories in mm-hmm. my act because to me it's almost the opposite. Where I feel like <laughs> this is a weird mentality to think where if I bomb with a personal story, I'm like, they don't think my life is funny. <laughs> they don't think it's. it's, it's <laughs> I'm like, is it all they hate? Me. <laughs> yeah, they hate me. Yeah. Like, like whenever I create a bitter character, I'm like, oh, they don't like that character. That's not me. Isn't that a weird way of... Well, I would tell you this. Two things to that. One, your characters, though, when you commit 100%, I think it's the same thing when people listen to a story that may not be fully formed. They're like, all right, it's not fully formed, but that's an entertaining story. Okay, there may not be a ton of jokes with that character yet, but he's all in. That's a good character. Do you know what I mean? People are still entertained by what you're doing. Yeah. Now, I will... I I forgot what I was going to say because I was high. Uh, not I'm high because I smoke so much weed and my memory is really bad. We were talking about the yeah I'm done. That's how quickly that happens. Usually I carry like a notepad with me. You're, we were talking about the all things how they upload the story and yeah, yeah don't worry about that's it. gone. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. All right. Hold on. I think we're gonna my call I, her my, right my now. My idea just called in. Oh wait wait Josh's former idea. Uh, are you are you calling on the show right now? Yeah I have no idea where I am. Wait it's am dark. I talking to the inside of Josh's mind right now? Yeah it's dark in here. Wait, what's going on in there? Not a lot. <laughs> now, it's just me right now. Are, are You seem really scared, like it's yeah. a hostage situation. I hear a lot of sounds, and I'm swimming around and some stuff. I don't know what it is, but I can really can't see anybody else. <laughs> I, I really want to come back up to the top, but uh, there's a lot of weight pushing me is down. There... <laughs> <laughs> no, jo- Josh's getting, ideas. Uh, the, are you getting? There. Are you getting any other things forming around you? Do you see anything happening? You said it's pretty dark in there. Is or is it radio silence in there? Well, I see a, a piece of pizza. Okay. Um, and I, that's about all I see. Oh no! Wait. No, that's it. That's all I got. Yeah, I just see a piece of pizza. It's oh, shh. Wait, wait, I kind of want to hear from that other idea. <laughs> oh, you're not allowed to hear from him anymore, baby. Oh, okay. Mm. Who is this sassy idea that's coming over? This, yeah, this is the this is, this is who in charge up here, man. Oh, yeah, you have a uh, wow. It's interesting that hard uh, to that, say if it's a man or a woman. Well, hard to say. All that I know is that it's a sassy black gay man or woman mm-hmm. that runs Josh Wolf's mm-hmm. mind. I think bald with hoop earrings. <laughs> Just me in a flower shirt, but still could be man or woman, baby. I'm not sure. Now what? Now this idea. Uh, what were you? Uh, what are you about? Who? What can you tell me about yourself? I can tell you that I'm about disruption. Mm-hmm. Mm, 
And generally, when there is another idea in here, I like to push it down. Oh. I like to be the only idea, man. Okay. Yeah. So, so what? So, what do you want to say? You have the floor. Oh, I don't say anything. I just fuck up everybody else's deal. Oh. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't say anything. I'm just the one who pushes the other shit down. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I swim in the weeds. So you're man. the guy that that that, that takes. <laughs> Whenever a conversation's smoothly going along, you just like to derail it real yeah, quick. Yeah, I, I stick my foot right in that ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel sometimes. I have, my memory is like, and so I can feel something coming up, and then it's like something swings around from the back of my head and goes. Dude, we, we did uh, that episode of uh, Doug Loves Movies together, oh, and it was so funny. I was you were so ridiculously high. high. Like, And this is on stage, to paint a picture for, for the listeners. We're on stage in front of a sold-out theater. Dude, I was fucking... I might have been higher than almost I've ever been in my life. I've never seen you that high before. <sighs> it was pretty It was pretty entertaining to watch because you were... Uh, there was 12 guests uh-huh. for this Christmas episode, and Josh was in front of me, and I was behind him, and I was just like looking at him throughout the show, and I'm like, he is so gone. I And the first question, I got wrong on purpose. To to oh to like to get out of there oh because because we had already been there for like two hours before the questions came around <laughs> and then I I told my wife I'm like oh I'm not this is I'm not gonna last I'm not gonna last I like I hope this game is over I got out the first round too. did you I we as soon as the question Dude, came I up, mean you know it was too it was too but I tell you you're Michael Caine crushed that, was that fun. night that was super fun it it really crushed that I, night I, Doug set it up so perfectly because he did a a not good Michael Caine. Yeah. And it was a chance for me to just come in and they were talking about the dark night and everything. I was like, Oh my goodness. I like, I already, I already talk about that in my act a little bit. Like that's one of the impressions I do in my act. What's your three best impressions? Ooh. The ones you're most confident. Oh, I'm going to ask you two separate questions. What voice do you feel most comfortable improving with? And is that different than your best voice? That is, really? I think so. Well, that's kind of hard to say. There's certain impressions that you don't have down yet as like whenever you're getting the voices down mm-hmm. that much where it's harder to improvise within because because you're still worried about what you sound like? Yeah, you, because okay. whenever you're it takes you out of it when it's one of those things like whenever you start thinking about like well, you know when you're on stage and you, let's say you're showcasing for some people mm-hmm. or whatever and you start thinking mm-hmm. about that certain people are in the room or you start thinking about how the set is going you're done as soon as you start thinking about that stuff you're out of it because you're not 100% dialed in that's kind of how it is with an impression like if you don't have just the bare bones of the voice and uh down and your point of view if you don't have the point of view of the character down then it's harder to improvise because you don't have you're not on a a steady base to like keep going. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so who, what would your voice be? My, oh, the one, well, okay. The one that I get the most that people, that people are like, that is like, I'm listening to it as some of my singing impressions because like I do a Kings of Leon in my act. And after I've weeks after shows, people say, I, I cannot not think of you Whenever I hear that song, now. dude, that's so I I do songs in my act, mm-hmm. and I do I do. You know what's funny when I bring my guitar on stage, dude? 
I can see people's faces. Oh, this fucking guy with a guy. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Ha- it has that uh, bad connotation to yeah, it. Yeah, a little bit. So Just I, from years of yes. the 90s of yes. people shoving it down people's throats. So yeah. I do 45, 50 minutes of stand-up first. Yeah. Don't touch the guitar. Yeah. But then I do some parodies. Sure. And I, the same way as you... People will be like, oh, I just heard that song, but I can only hear you talking about, you know, that dude with the small dick or whatever it is. Right. And I love that. Oh, it's great. It's great. Yeah. I mean, my ideology with 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 comedy has always been it doesn't have to like maybe maybe I won't be the funniest comic that you saw on the lineup tonight. But Maybe you're not. Gonna remember me. Yes, yeah. but I will hopefully be the most memorable. Yeah, that is what I care about. Because you see people here uh, at any of the clubs around Los Angeles, anywhere in the U.S., where they'll see a handful of comics, and they'll be like, "That guy was so funny." Mm-hmm. And then you say, "What did they talk about?" Mm-hmm. And they go, "Well, he did. Well, you know, he did that thing. Uh, well, he did that thing with that." The, um, they cannot tell you. No. They cannot tell you any of the substance or anything within their act. They just killed for 15 or 20 minutes. And it's just like, you know, it's just like laugh receptors going off in their brain, like just like like pleasure going off, where it's almost like using a vibrator or something yeah. like that, where it's like, okay, well, that's that's not the real thing. Yeah. I don't know. No, I agree with you, man. I have a I friend of mine. I would much rather be memorable than oh. than just destroy all the time and then people just be like yeah that guy's funny but i don't really remember like his bits you i have know? a friend of mine and i'm not gonna say his name but he goes on the road and clubs will tell me man he crushes but he cannot sell a ticket and i it's because of that I've i said truly to them, believe it's that i agree i've said to them what's your favorite joke and they're like i don't i can't pinpoint and one guy was like is he the guy who tells that joke about it? i'm like no that's not him yeah see yeah no it's i a, agree like it's why I tell stories. Well, also because... Also, people can really relate to stories, too. I'm also not a great, if I'm being honest with you, I'm not a great joke writer. It's straight jokes. I took a job once writing on Are You Smarter Than Fifth Grader when it was in syndication mm-hmm. for two reasons. One, I knew that I had to write because we shot four or five shows a day. Mm-hmm. And I had to write a joke for every question. Which means I had to write thirty to fifty jokes about math. Oh my! You know, you remember all the questions. Yeah. So anytime Foxworthy had a question, I had to be able to write a joke about that question, and I took the job for two reasons: not because I was one, I wanted to get better at writing jokes, but two, I in the I just told my manager, I'm like, hey, I'll take the gig. They were they said you want more money. I said no, just tell Foxworthy he used to talk to me about comedy for half an hour a day. Or else I'm not doing the gig. Whoa. And he was like, you'd rather have that than the money? I go, yeah, dude, that's, that money's not going to change my life. But this dude is one of the greatest comics that's, of all time. That's a cool... And they and they, they did it? Well, look, kind I, of? I knew... No, 100%. I knew Foxworthy a little bit. Not good enough to ask him this question. But I knew him a little bit. I had opened for him before. And so they were like, hey, this is what Josh wants. He what wants... What do you think? Yeah. And he was like, all right. That's cool, man. But he was like, man, why did you... Take this over money. I'm like, because I'm going to learn more from you than that extra $1,000 a week can do for me. I think uh, we're getting a phone call right now. Is it? Wow, Jeff Foxworthy is calling in right now. (laughs) How you doing, man? 
different in my life, but things are good. Things are good. Oh, things not going well? Oh, well, you know, I'm not hosting. Uh, are you smarter than a fifth grader anymore? Well, that's true. Are you Are you still counting all that money? Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what are you doing with yourself right now? Oh, you know, just sipping on a, a, a koozie of beer. I sometimes just fill up the koozies. With the beer, I'm like, why Why do you need a plastic cup when you got a good old koozie right there? Really cuts out the middle, man, doesn't cuts it? Out the, sometimes there's a hole in the bottom, and I just treat that like my own personal beer bong. Yeah, it doesn't really do, doesn't, doesn't really keep the, uh, when you pour the beer directly into the koozie, it doesn't keep it as cold as you want it to, though, does it? No, it doesn't, but I just like it because, you know, the hole in the bottom of the koozie is like the belly button of uh, beer bottles. Yeah, that's true. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I didn't know that uh, beer bottles had belly buttons. Yeah, you know, I'm surprised you didn't, but we were, we talked talk so many times every day about comedy. Uh, that's one of my favorite things. Yeah, and now, 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 Jeff, when we were talking about comedy, yeah! you told me, you know, just get on stage. Always get on stage. So you be getting on stage a lot? Oh, uh, you could say that, yeah. I just did. Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I understand you've been traveling some with Larry the Cable Guy. How are those shows going? It's uh, pretty good. You know, that guy is one tough sucker to follow. That guy's a funny guy. Yeah. But we're talking to that guy off stage because he don't really talk like that. No. No, he's not. A, that's a character he plays. Yeah. And I'm just being me, baby. <laughs> Dude, to you on one time, I used to open up for a cable guy. I got to tell you the story before I forget. Yeah, we lost Jeff Foxworthy anyway. He dropped out. I don't know what happened. So, listen, he's a hard dude to follow, for sure. Uh, I, and I used to tour with him. And, you know, his accent's different, right? Mm-hmm. So, my daughter, I don't know how to, this is a long story, I'm going to try to short it. My daughter, when she was 14, you know, she was online, and she was like, oh my god, I fell in love with this Travis guy, oh my god. I'm like, hey, you can't fall in love online. She's like, I love him, we're so amazing. Well, I was opening for Larry the Cable Guy in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. Which happened to be a thousand miles, maybe not a thousand miles, an hour and a half away from this dude's little hometown that my daughter had fallen in love with. So I was like, "All right, tell him to meet us at the show, and well, let's meet him." Because I knew a hundred percent. You want to know why I, why I knew it wasn't him? Why the dude, whoever showed up at the arena, wasn't gonna be the person who sent the picture to my daughter? Because when my, I said to have him send a picture, so I, we know what he looks like, he sent a photoshopped picture of Twenty One Jump Street Johnny Depp. Oh my goodness. So my daughter's like, isn't he handsome? I'm like, oh no, he's really handsome. But that's Johnny Depp. <laughs> I mean, but she doesn't know 21 Jump Street Johnny Depp. So right. She... Oh man, that is so creepy. So I don't want to I, I don't want to blow him up now because I want to prove the lesson when we get there. Of course. So you want to be the good dad in the situation where you're like, oh, sweetie, 100%. I gotta show you like what how dangerous things can be. Hundred percent. Now, this kid also, so when he shows up, I'm going to give you the truncated version. When he shows up, he's not, uh, plus my daughter had told me she'd never been kissed before, and this was she wanted him to be a first kiss. So then now it also turns and into a just very- And through online, just yes. like random- Yeah, through a, it was called Gaia, which was like an anime website. Okay. So I'm trying to be a good dad, plus how cool is it coming of age-wise for a dad to be able to take his daughter on a road trip and get her first kiss? Like for me, that was super cool also. Either he- Turns out to be a troll, and I'm right. Or she gets her first kiss, and I'm the fucking hero. Right. I'm a. It's a. It's win win situation for you, especially. Win, like, win. I'm either gonna show, prove her wrong. <laughs> sure, yeah, prove her wrong. And I'm the smartest guy in the world. Yeah. Or she gets a kiss, and I'm the fucking greatest dad who's yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah. This is like a win win for me. Either way, you're gonna be like, oh, 
tuned. <laughs> so we show up. Man, when I tell you this dude walked up, and she's holding a picture of Johnny Depp, and she's like, do you see him? I'm like, no, I don't see him, but I see some other motherfuckers this guy might be. Yeah. I see this kid walking up with his dad, and I'm like, oh, this is the kid. He is, you know, emoed out. He doesn't look like he's seen sunlight and like... I don't know, but it was, but it was like not a Johnny teenager Depp. as it well. It was a teenager and, okay. not, and not Johnny Depp. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I, we knew it was a teenager. I didn't tell you the part of the story where we called his trailer to make sure that he was a teenager. Okay, and, cool. And talk to his, did, and talk to his mom. I was just curious. Okay, great. And talk to his I'm mom. Like, this, without that little detail, could be pretty dangerous. Sorry, right, perfect. Talk to his mom. When we called him on the phone, this is. I go, hey, is this Travis? And he goes, yeah. I go, this is Josh. It's Caitlin's dad. And he goes, yeah. And I was like, yeah. I go, hey, is your mom or dad there? And he goes, yeah, hold on one second. And he goes, let me get my mom. This is a quote. Let me get my mom. She's on the other side of the trailer. And I go, okay. And I hear him go, mom. Mom. Oh, will you just put the Taco Bell down for once? And I was like, oh, this this dude's been rejected for Taco Bell before. Like, for once. That means he's tried to wrestle the Taco Bell out of her hands more than one time. Dude, the entire anyways to I just get imagine just like this emo kid just be like, Mom, you take a look at me. I've been drawing this custom anime drawing. Can you stop with the Taco Bell for one second, Mom? Dude, there's so many great moments in this story. I'm not gonna get into it because it's so long. Let's move past the fact. Right. So you show up to to the concert. Let me just go let's go move past the fact that I'm not gonna get to the fact that they did. The kid was not what he looked like. He, they did. She knew she didn't want to be with him, but she also wanted. She had a, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I want this to be my first kiss, anyways. I never want to talk about this guy again, but I want to kiss him. Uh huh. It was an interesting, and and the fact that the dad, you know, your front eight teeth. You've never thought of your front eight, have I'm you? Not, because you have all of them, right? Dude had one, uh, and it was this. It was his right big tooth. Yeah, and it hung down over his lip. Oh man! Yeah, and so when after the show I said, "Hey, where you guys want to get something to eat?" On me, he said anything. I said anything. He said, "I'd love to eat a steak," and I said, "I'd love to see you eat a steak," <laughs> <laughs> because I was legit interested. You're like, this is worth the entertainment <laughs> value. This is going to be the most enjoyable steak I've never tasted, Dude. but <laughs> I'm just going to watch now. I, uh, so to get to the point of why I told the story, we were walking backstage and. The guy is a huge Larry the Cable Guy fan, the dad, and mm-hmm. I'm happy to introduce him. He's like, man, he's like my hero, and everybody in my town is super jealous. I'm meeting him. It's a town like 1,500 people, and I was like, yeah, man, come back say that for the show. I got them right in the like the first like the third row, so they were right up there for oh, him. Man, yeah. So he's backstage, and he gets up to meet Dan. The Larry the Cable Guy's name is Dan Whitney, mm-hmm. and he walks up, and Dan's just talking to people backstage. And the guy walks up to him and goes, hey, uh, Larry? And uh, Dan turns and goes, yeah. And he said, I just got one question for you. Uh, how come you, you speak with your fake accent back here, but your real accent on stage? Oh, no. And Cable Guy, you ever you know when you are kind of not sure about somebody, so you don't want to take your eyes off them? Yeah. So he just is staring at him and says out loud to the room, who brought you? And I was like, I did. He was like, great. He was like, why don't we meet you guys later? And I go, that's probably a good move. Yeah. <laughs> Walked right out of there. He's, let's just say <laughs> that Dan, Larry the Cable Guy, has seen this person thousands of times that's in exactly, different markets. That's exactly so what he said he, to me. Yeah, no, yeah. He's already seen this, the, this 
exact guy in every city mm-hmm. across America that is crushed to find out crushed, that he is dude. no be, yeah because they're like hey man I'm down on my luck I can relate to somebody like this this is a, a pure American man that I can, <laughs> that yeah. I can identify with and then he find out like hey man how's it how's it going it's like whoa now here's world the thing crumbling yeah, around you he still has the same belief system as Larry the Cable Guy right. he, it's just heightened. Of because course. he's playing a character. It's a character. Yeah. But I, I will tell you, one of the genius things about his character is that I asked him, I go, what's the best part of your character? He goes, man, I haven't had to wear a shirt in 20 years. That's amazing. <laughs> he was like, how yeah, great is whatever it? he wants. Hat and sleeveless. He goes, I can wear whatever I want. And, and people, people like, will not. Yeah, let them in. Yeah. yeah. At, a, at formal events, he Club goes, setting. I can wear a tuxedo t-shirt. That's amazing. Yeah. He, that's he, That's a great... That's a great little uh, write-in on the contract. Yeah. Let's get into this next segment, Pizza Party. I'm in. Now, I've never had Joe's Pizza. You've never had Joe's Pizza? I'm a Thin Crust guy. Are you Thin Crust? Yeah, I love Thin Crust. Oh, there it is. Oh, yeah, that's a Thin Crust, buddy. Yeah, it's in New York. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm going to do something terrible. Mm. I'm going to take the pepperoni off. Really? I, I love, okay, so about two years ago, I got uh, diagnosed with, and this is, have you talked to Dean Del Rey about diabetes ever? Yeah. Okay, so I'm the one who turned him. Really? I got him his book, and I got him, but I got diagnosed with this as pre-diabetic, and I'm, I'm in pretty decent shape, you know what I mean? But I was eating three bags of Skittles a night, no joke, because I smoked a ton of weed. And the doctor was like, man, you got to pull back on all this shit. So since that time, I've just pulled back on, I know it's going to sound gross, I just pulled back on meat, you know? And uh, and so, but I love pizza, man. I'm going to eat the shit out of this. Yeah. Thank you for bringing it. Oh, Th- does course. it bum you out that I'm taking the pepperoni off? No, not at all. Okay. Some people get like, I had a really um, offended. I had Stephen Kramer Glickman on uh, mm-hmm. last week yep. and I didn't check with him ahead of Is he time. kosher? He he only eats veggie pizzas, so he's lactose intolerant. And I was like, "Well, this has uh, been the pizza party segment." <laughs> so you know, yeah, some of us Jews we have we have our tummies are a little finicky. Of course, um, you know he's one of the he is low key turned himself into one of the coolest funkiest Jews I have ever come across. Yeah, man. There aren't a lot of funky Jews, but he has a little funk to him. He has some flair, man. Yeah, he like, really you does. You see him at, at red carpet events and stuff, and uh-huh. he wears bizarre stuff, and I love it. I do too. Because also, let's be honest, when you don't look like Brad Pitt, sometimes you gotta be like, well, I am probably still wanna see some pussy, so how am I, I'm gonna shake it up a little bit. Sure. I'm gonna wear this boa and these big old glasses and these pink shoes. And women are like, that's hot. I dressed up as a Napoleon Dynamite for uh, one of my high school dances. Yeah, dude. Went alone, but still was rocking it on the <laughs> dance floor. <laughs> did you have sex a lot in high school? Dude, I did not. I, I you, yeah, you obviously don't know this about me. Um, I didn't have sex until I was twenty-two years old. Hmm. Josh just dropped his pizza. Is for, that on uh, purpose? You uh. So it was at first. Um. Up until what age? When you say at first. So my late teens, uh, I had this uh this radio DJ that I was working for uh, in Kansas City. I was working Johnny Dare. Uh, no, but I know him. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. Yeah. It's so funny. Uh, he I 
would work. Uh, I worked at one of the other stations, 96.5 The Buzz, um, which was right down the hall from 98.9 The Rock, yeah. Kansas City's rock station. Uh, and he would always see me, you know, it was super nice and everything. And uh, he'd always be like, hey, big handsome, how are you? He, <laughs> That's what he would just call me, big mm-hmm. handsome, because he never learned my name, but he's just, uh, but he recognized my face. You big know handsome's I mean? better anyway. Big handsome's better. What if you had come out and your mom had been like, big Handsome. First name Big. <laughs> middle name Handsome. Last name Watkins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Big Handsome Watkins. Big Handsome Watkins. You would be a great wrestler. Mm. Well, w- during the uh, Big uh, Handsome's not a terrible. Big d- Handsome's a pretty good uh, wrestling name. I also uh, have been uh, somebody coined the uh, the nickname Big Beautiful Watkins BBW for me. That's a good one. <laughs> it's pretty good, right? Are you uh, uh, are you a fan of a bigger woman? Uh, you know, I am. It's all right. I, I, I haven't. I've never been. So going back to, I've never been with a, a larger room. So I guess <sighs> I can't speak from experience. So twenty two, I lost my virginity, and I. That's the only the only woman that I had sex with is now my wife. So I lost my virginity at twenty two, and I married her six years later. Wow, man! Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So you've seen one vagina in person? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, online you've seen a million. I mean, I mean, <laughs> what, what are we talking here? I mean, hard to put a number I on mean, that. Really, really, it's you know, I really don't want to talk about that. How many I've seen on the internet? You know, I'm yeah. not one of those guys that you know. Jeremiah's Google search is calling. It in. is just filthy. <laughs> I just literally. That's the only. Jeremiah, what kind of porn do you watch? I watch vagina porn. <laughs> do you? Do, <laughs> What if that was a category? Just Dude, a... There's somebody who doesn't know how to search for anything. He's like, um, I just, um, I'm just gonna, um, what about vagina porn? I've been, I've been searching Pornhub all day for vagina porn. None of it. Nothing's coming up. Zero I can't find vagina anything. Porn. Man, they gotta fix their system. I will tell you, there, to me, outside porn is such a crazy look at the human condition, and because. There are so many, obviously, different categories. But there are so many categories I look at where I'm like, what? How does that? Like, I don't like close-up porn. Just close-up of a penis going into a vagina is like, you know, like, when you drive in, in the desert and you see the oil drills? <laughs> the, or the wind <laughs> yeah, things? Yeah, it's like all it is. Like, no stimulation. Yeah, yeah. it's just like the like all that. The, so I look at some stuff, I'm like, I don't, or the quick, have you ever seen Girls in Quicksand? Wait, what? There's a fucking niche for girls in quicksand. And That's they, a kind of porn? Yeah, but it's quicksand more like photo porn? shots. But they love to see him naked, sinking. It's weird what? shit, dude. Yeah. How did you find this? Don't worry about it. <laughs> dude, I've been stuck on vagina porn this whole time. There's quicksand porn? Are you kidding me? Yeah, man. Quicksand porn. Get wow. in it. Wow. That's in crazy. It. Uh yeah, dude. So I, yeah, I lost my virginity at twenty-two. So I, I do not. I try to not look at that stuff online because I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like you can just, I don't know. After if you look at that stuff too much, uh-huh. then you just, I don't know if dirty is the right word, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I agree with you. Like you being married for a while, mm-hmm. like it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's good to as a as a release every once in a while like if you're on the road or <laughs> yeah. or whatever but i try not to do Probably it not too much yeah i agree with you right yeah it, it, and it it also as you get older and you also are aware of time you're like is that how i'm spending my time 
Right. That's what I'm going to do. You start reflecting. You're like, That's I just wasted uh, three hours clicking on <laughs> vagina porn. Like, really? And then sometimes, even if you dude, are sometimes looking. sometimes I look up boob porn, too. <laughs> it's weird, dude. It's so crazy. <laughs> dude, have you ever seen boob porn? It's like these girls, like, show their their their, their TTs online. Yeah, and then people do things with their boobs. It's dude, so great. It's so crazy. <laughs> I, I will tell you, my, okay, we, 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 uh, you want to hear a sexual encounter here over pizza? Is it going to be gross? No, go for it, dude. So, you know, you said you've never been with a bigger woman. The biggest woman that I've ever been with. Well, hard to say, but I'm going to... Let's g- just say she had a lot of dough. Yeah, dude. There's and not a, money. There's a couple in the running. But I'm going to tell you the story about... So, I had always on my... I'd always just wanted to have sex once with a bigger black woman. Like, big. Sure. Like, do you know who Nell Carter is? Nope. Go- Google her. Okay. Yeah, I've always I, just a short, big woman. So I was bartending in upstate New York, and um, this woman comes in the bar. She's in the bar, beautiful woman, super funny, very engaging. I said, and she's at the end of the bar, basically all night. I'm going down, and you know, about I don't know, twelve or one. I'm like, what's going on? She's like, yeah, I got stood up, and I was like, oh, that's terrible. I go, well, I'll buy you drinks tonight. She said, okay. I'm buying her drinks. I'm not even thinking anything because she's so funny, dude. She was like legitimately, you know, when somebody surprises you with yeah. how funny you're, and you're like, wow, you're actually like, you're actually funny. I'm around comedians all the time. Yeah, but and like, you're like, fun, you're a funny person. Yeah, this is cool. So I was super excited just to keep talking to her. And uh, I'm cleaning up. I go, hey. And every night after the shift, I would go get eggs and pancakes and shit. And I go, you want to go and grab some food with me? And I'll pay. Just to, yeah, I was like, fuck that guy. She goes, yeah, I'll go with you. So we go and we're eating pancakes and she's laughing and she's dipping her bacon in syrup and then in butter and then eating it. And you're like, this is so hot. I wasn't even thinking we were going to have sex because we were having such a good time. And I thought, there's no way she wants to have sex with me. And she takes a bite of this pancake and she goes, chewing like this. Oh. And she goes, we fucking or what? What? And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, let me finish this bacon, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was, I. Let's just say she ordered Josh Wolf yeah, to go. <laughs> I will tell you something right now. There were a couple positions that were completely different with someone that large. Oh, yeah. Well, you can't hit it from the back, can you? Oh, you can. Just a lot of. Yeah, there's there was a pillow involved. And, oh, and stuff like that, and just like on top is a little different too, because on top you're you're hoisted up further than you're used to being. Dude, were you levitating at you one point? You know what point? I mean. You're, you're hoisted. You're hoisted up a little more. Dude, you're like Harry Potter on a broomstick. Yeah, dude. Like my arms were barely touching the bed, kind of like they were like. You know what I mean? And Guardian Levioso, you're like, you're a wizard, Harry. Yeah, it was it was pretty great, but but uh. Yeah, there's a, there were you know by the time I got married there was really only one thing one type of person on the list that I never got to have sex with that I just always wanted to just because like for me I was always like look I'm on this rock one time right why aren't I trying everything yeah so the one I never had sex with a little person so and I wanted to you said you said that the story involved pizza somehow oh no no I was just saying do you want to hear it over pizza <laughs> yeah. 
had nothing to do with pizza. Okay, okay. Yeah, had nothing to do with pizza. Well, this concludes uh, the segment <laughs> <laughs> Pizza Party. <laughs> I forgot that part. Hilarious. Pizza, 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 pizza. This has been the Pizza Party. Now, I did want to play for you if I get a chance. Yeah. And it fits in the segment. Oh. I do want to play for you a song that I've been playing live to give you an example of the type of songs I'm playing live and just to get your opinion because you know what I'm not good at and Josh Adam Myers is so good at? I can't get it out of my head that my songs need to rhyme. Do you know what I mean? And he's so good at just being, and you guys, you both are, but he, he'll do songs at the jam and when he's riffing it out and it doesn't rhyme at all and people are still enjoying it. Yeah. I, I just can't get it out of my head that my songs have to rhyme. Is so, that wrong? Uh, I'm going to say yes, because... So I took musical improv classes, one of the things I have took like over my time doing improv. They said... Oh, I would love to take one of those classes. Where they, do they do that? They do them in Second City. They do them... Really? Like, yeah, yeah. That's where I, I did like three or four levels of music improv oh, I classes. I would love there. to do that. Yeah, you should do it. It, so so this is one of the things that they teach in the class. They say, do not ever force a rhyme. If the rhyme is something that's like sloppy and not meant to be, they said it's always better to just commit to a different line and get back to the rhyme on a different line. Because sometimes people think you're going for the rhyme, mm-hmm. and it can be a nice surprise that you don't play into that sometimes. It's better to just plow like what you're saying josh adam myers he commits yeah and he doesn't worry about rhyming and he'll get to the rhyme later if it actually comes but it takes you out of it if you're watching the show and it's a bad rhyme or it's something that you can see the wheels turning on the performer's head do you know what i mean mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's so very it's, interesting. it's a it's a training thing it's all it is it's a train it's a re- repetition training thing so if you do it enough and you're not feeling the rhyme in that moment, just plow forward and and just say something else and then get back to the rhyme later. Yeah, it's very interesting. It, it, you're it's right. a repetition. It's a, just a repetition thing. It's also a bit of a, for me, it's part of being, it's, um, it's a little scarier to do that because it doesn't it fit the, the formula. Yeah, of course. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I've really been trying harder to do that. Like, I, I've really been bringing my guitar on stage and being like, okay, everybody, give me an idea, and I'm going to see what happens. So play that song, uh, and and I'm going to ask you some questions in this next segment, and then we'll wrap up with the the final uh, sax talk segment after okay. that. I'll so, try to... So this song... Because I don't know what your time re- restrictions are, but... Oh, uh, is it anyway? I can get out of here in 25 minutes? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Okay. This song I wrote, I didn't even write. My daughter wrote. This is the type of stuff I, I do either... St- song stories or things like this that tell you about a certain time in my life. So this song I wrote, uh, well, my daughter wrote. I just put it to music. It's a poem she wrote when she was like six and a half years old after we bought her a cat. And she wrote a poem and and, uh, did it at a talent show in front of her school, 500 people. And this is the exact song that she, the poem she wrote. I just put it to music. No editing. Ooh, I love her, my pussy I like to hug her, my pussy 
Yeah, my pussy likes to run around. My pussy, she makes the cutest sounds of my pussy. She can be scary, my pussy. She's really hairy, my pussy. Yeah, my pussy sleeps right on my chest And my pussy, she likes my brother best of my pussy She's as happy as can be Yeah, she's part of the family And she likes to sleep all over the place Yeah, my pussy should lick your face Yeah, my pussy should lick your face So, I've been do- doing songs like that That's amazing, unedited from your daughter That's such a Dude. funny poem to read in front of uh, just an auditorium full of people. So listen, as soon as she opens with, ooh, I love her, my pussy, I turn to my wife. I'm like, we got to go. <laughs> she, she said, why? I'm like, as a, as a performer, I'm just telling you, if she opened with my pussy, it gets worse. Yeah. It doesn't get better. Right? As soon as you hear my pussy in the first line, you're, you're like, like that's the chorus. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that means we're coming back to that. And she, my wife was like, if, you, if we leave, she's going to be really mad. And I said, okay. So, and we live in a time with some judgy parents. Of course. So people are. Wow, great they, performance oh, by your daughter. Josh. People are just walking out, really shaking their an head. an interesting interpretation yeah. of. I don't know if. Um, <laughs> Son uh, uh, woman. Aren't you uh, you're that comedian fella? Mm, aren't yeah. you? I, I think we're going to cancel today's play date. Okay, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Mm, so, you have uh, other little kids at your house often? or now, Should I be calling. Child Protective Services. services. It was so, one woman walked up to me, so mad, dude. She was like, "You really ought to proofread your daughter's poetry, your daughter's talent yeah. before it comes to the stage." Yeah, and you're like, "Sorry, yeah, my my daughter, my my daughter's talent's really raw. I don't she really." She was legitimately mad. That's so funny, dude. Her husband, as she walks away, high fived me and he goes, "Your house sounds fun," and just high fived me. And I was like, Heck "Yes, yeah. my man." Yeah. Um, well, thank you for letting me do that. But that's the kind of like, I would like to get out of the r- rhymey and be more free flowy because with my stories in my stand up. Do you ever tell? Do you ever tell stories uh, with the guitar underneath? I tell stories. With the guitar in song version, but I never tell stories just strumming. Hmm. Huh. You feel like that will loosen it up a little bit? Uh, I mean, I think that it would be an interesting experiment yeah. for you to do because kind of like, why not? Like, yeah, you know what? Maybe what I'll do is I'll do it with a new story, too. Try it. Yeah, be like, hey, there's a new story I'm trying out with. Uh, yeah. That's a great uh-huh. idea. It's a great idea. Anyway, all right. This next segment is called Fanning Out. Fanning Out. Questions from fans. I reached out to uh, people on the Instagram and Twitterverse and asked them if they could ask Josh Wolf any question. What would it be? And uh, this first question comes from at uh, Mike Not24 on Instagram. Can you tell us a funny story about when Joey Diaz used to babysit your kids? Sure. So this is my favorite one. I'm sure some people have heard this one. 
Uh, Joey used to babysit my kids. People ask me all the time, why would you let Joe Diaz babysit your kids? Um, you, I was at a time in my life where I was making $1,000 a month. I lived in one room with my three kids. I was a single dad. And um, so I couldn't afford babysitter. But also, the thing about Joey is that, yeah, me, he was not maybe the most uh, straight-down-the-middle babysitter I probably could have gotten. But I will tell you something about my babysitter that was better than your babysitter is that my babysitter wasn't getting paid, and he still would have jumped in front of a bus for my kids. At the end of the day... You know, not the most conventional. He wasn't taking them to the park. They probably heard language they didn't want to hear. But at the end of the day, if it was between him dying and them dying, he was going to pick him. That was the most important thing. Yeah. All right? So I come home once. And the deal was, Joe, I would come here and do early sets. And then Joey, I'd go back and Joey would go out and do. And so I walk into the house once and Joey doesn't wear underwear. And he bent over and his ass crack was showing. And my daughter ripped some hairs out of his ass. Oh, my God. And she goes, how many? And he goes, oh, I felt like five that time. I go, that time? What do you mean, that time? Is this a game that you yeah. guys play? And she goes, he goes, she loves that game. I go, yeah, but I fucking hate it, dude. Yeah, that's not a game. <laughs> Don't you have Sorry or Monopoly? Or did, you, did you inspire her to write the pussy song? What's going on? <laughs> Connect Four also. Really yeah. good game. Yeah. Really good game. But yeah, that that's my favorite Joe Diaz babysit sign. Oh, my Sorry. goodness. It I was, think... Oh, wow. I think Joey is calling in right now. Oh. Hey, cocksucker. How you doing? Oh, what's going on, Joey? How are you, man? You hey, remember that? Uh, of course I remember that. Yeah. Uh, I have to uh, uh, do a little confession for you, uh, Josh. Yeah. With the way I tucked your uh, kids in, it wasn't the most conventional way. What do you mean? You know, I would uh, I'd say, uh, nighty night, cocksuckers. I'm going to tuck you in, okay? No, no, no. I, yeah, I kind of knew that's the way it went. And then I also threatened to uh, put chloroform uh, down their throats if they fall asleep before yeah. you got home. Yeah. The, I also I think that this little part, uh, because I heard my oldest son say to my youngest son, don't be a pussy. So I think that probably might have come from you, too. Uh, the little chip off the old block. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what I loved about Joey, too? He used to say things to them that didn't make sense. Like if they were talking. But, but teach it as like amusing on life. Okay. <laughs> So he had sayings. So we were in the car once, and the kids were being loud in the back seat. He goes, da, 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 da. "Little kids talk when chickens pee." <laughs> what? And I said, "What? What is that, Joey? I what go, does that mean?" I go, "What does that mean?" He goes, "Nothing, but they shut up, right?" And I was like, "No, okay." I mean, <laughs> just creating yeah, sayings. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, uh, yeah. I got about a million of hey, those. The, the clock strikes midnight. Uh, you're on your period again. Yeah, exactly. He used like, to tell huh? me, oh, I got a memory like a hawk. I'm like, no, you don't. That's not it. But go ahead. <laughs> like hawks have memories? Yeah, I think it's eyesight. No, you know what he told me? Mm. I go, I think it's memory. He goes, Josh Wolf, a hawk leaves a tree every day, flies around the forest among trees that look exactly the same, but finds its way back to the same fucking tree. That's a pretty good memory. And I was like, nah, I can't argue with that. I guess I can't argue with that. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. solid logic right there. There you go, it Joey. It really wasn't like, You're I like, was like, yeah, that's true. Okay, I yeah, guess. Okay, you know, I'm trees gonna, do look alike. I'm going to get by into that, sure. Uh, at John Monjardin from Instagram asks, what was your best moment as a single dad? Wow. Best. I don't know how to quantify that. Yeah, that, yeah it's a hard... It's a, do you, can you... Do you want to be more specific, Jeremiah, in like... in a Because there, there's so... There's so many things and areas I could pick from. Do you mean... Y y was there a moment... So, I guess, 
uh, I'll ask, I'll phrase it this way. Was there a moment where when you were a single dad and yeah. you were pursuing comedy where you had a moment where you looked at your kids and you were having this moment where you were all, you just had this like calmness flow over you. Like everything's great right now. Everything's going to be okay. And everything's going to work out. Okay. It came right after a moment. It almost came a month after a moment where I was like, oh, this is it. I can't mm -hmm. do this anymore. So about a month before that, you know, like I said, making 1000 1200 a month. I was catering, living in one room with the three kids. We lived across from the Guitar Center down here in San Francisco. And how old were you at this time? 20s. Mm -hmm. And um, and what ages were the kids, like, around that time, whenever? Just for... Seven, five, and two, six, four, and one. Wow. So, and I was talking to my dad, and he said, look, I know... This is what you want to do, and I know these are your dreams. And at what point are you just being selfish? He said, "If this was, if it was just you, I wouldn't even make this phone call." But at what point do you have to start thinking about the three kids? And that one meal a day doesn't cut it. It just doesn't cut it. And all living in one room just doesn't cut it. And at what point are you going to decide that your dreams are selfish? And he was like, "I'm not telling you this to be an asshole. I'm," and, and you know what? He was right. It was something I had been mulling over with myself because, honestly, how far am I going to take them down this road, Yeah, the kids? Do they deserve this? Do you know what I mean? So I had decided that what was also important to me was to for them to see that it was okay not to quit and it was okay to struggle and it was okay to still believe in yourself even when nobody was telling you that that was a smart move. Now, how long was I going to do that? I didn't know. And they were still pretty young to kind of grasp all those things. Right. So that was another thing where I was like, okay, they don't even know we're poor. It takes to be about 10 years old. Yeah, until you start talking to other kids. Yeah. And like, oh, you yeah. don't have bologna every day for lunch? Right. And the truth of the matter is, like at our house, even though we didn't have as much shit as those other kids, it was more fun. So the kids didn't care. Now, when they got older, it was like this, I got to sleep in the room with of the course. rest. Yeah. Right. So, um, Maybe month, month and a half later, this is when one-man shows were still a thing, and I put one on about being a single dad. Man, I don't know that I've ever told this before. And I, listen, I am not a religious dude, okay? I believe in energy. I, I will say that. And I'm pulling, I'm, I'm, I've I loaded my, basically, my entire hopes and dreams in that month that my dad talked to me about this one-man show that I've been writing for about six months. And I was in my brain thinking, okay, if nothing comes of this, I really got to start thinking about what my dad said, you know? But I really had confident in, confidence in the show and the story I was telling. And I was driving. It was at the old HBO um, theater down over here in Hollywood. And I'm driving there at about 4 o'clock in the afternoon to, you know, I'm going to sit there early, set up, and really my windows are down because I was in a car that had no air conditioning. And I'm at a stoplight. And not kidding, dude, a feather floats down, white feather, floats down from the sky and floats into the driver's side window and lands on my lap. And I was like, what the fuck? Like a yeah, where, where does this white come from? feather. A white? And I was like, that, and, and I'm not a sign guy, and I don't believe any of that, but, um, <laughs> okay. The song, I, I, Feather? Feeling All Right comes on the radio by Joe Cocker. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to be fine. There was something that those two, that combination at that time, 
I was like, this show is going to be fine. You're going to be fine. People are going to like this show. You're going to do all right. I got my first TV deal a week after the show. A week after the show. It, but it was like that moment. I know that sound because I'm not that dude, man. I'm not a hip. I'm not that guy at all to believe in that shit. I am that guy, so I just got are chills. You? Are you? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It was so amazing yeah. for that to happen at once on that day. You need you need those moments in life sometimes because whether they're real or not, the fact that it fuels you with belief and confidence. Of course. I I really believe that that it it it. It set me my mind at ease. It, it let, whether it was true or not, or just coincidence, it allowed me to deliver the show with such confidence and such power that but I it had, got you that deal and everything. Uh, but yeah, uh, I had offers from NBC, ABC, and Fox. It was the big at the time. It was a uh, it was a, an unprecedented deal, and I, I it was because when I walked in there, I had already known everything would be okay. It was it, 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 it crazy. I think that's the first time I've ever told that story. That's a beautiful story. Yeah. That's I, awesome. I think one of the reasons I don't tell it is because it sounds so, it's not something that I would, like, I don't believe in the signs, and this is what, but it was such a powerful moment for me, I'm you know? A, I'm all about that. I, I 100% Were believe in signs. Were you raised religious? I was raised religious, yeah. Yeah. So whenever there's certain moments like that in life, it's like, it it's that fuel that you need, yeah. like, to get to the next step. You don't know why certain bad things are happening in your life but there's little moments like that and maybe sometimes you even build them up in your head but you get out of it and then things start happening positively again you're like wow that that was that was real that was a real thing that happened yeah yeah man yeah it was interesting i yeah it really did it changed my life that one little moment changed the trajectory of my life because if that show had gone bad i may i may not be here i may have left the town you know that's awesome. Uh, let's do this last question. And um, wow, man, there's so many good questions. Um, Did you get that one from Josh Wolf Comedy? Uh, there was one from at Josh Wolf Comedy. Why am I flexing so hard in this pick? So I took it down already, but because I because I didn't want it living on my Instagram or my Twitter. Jo- the picture that I used of Josh Wolf is him grabbing. The small of his wrist and all the blood flowing to his bicep and him just laughing. Just so you know, that was it, it looks like I set it up to flex like that. It, it just was the perfect shot. Oh, dude, it's so great. So Josh asked, why am I flexing so hard in this pick? Which I was like, well, this is the first guest to ask himself a question on the podcast. So I have to ask Josh why he was flexing so hard in the picture. Well, because it was a picture, uh, one of the few pictures taken with me without a hat. So I was trying to distract as much as I could by doing a weird, big laugh, trying to flex it out. So yeah. people weren't like, look at that forehead. Why is his forehead so enormous? <laughs> My forehead, dude, is like, it's aggressive. But I think if I ever got in more fights, I would start to use it as, as my defense. If you want to throw a punch, hit the forehead. See what happens. Uh, yeah, your hand's going to shatter. Yeah, yeah. Off of this thing, yeah. Uh, all right, final question, then we'll get into uh, the final segment. Um, this guy is just asking for your advice, which I think is cool. Um, at real vlr junior on instagram i just did my second open mic do you have any advice how how did you find motivation starting out i drove two hours for four minutes last night for a crowd of um probably 20 people and most of them were open micers as well yeah get used to that 
Mm-hmm. Especially depending on where you live. If it sounds like you drove two hours, it means you don't live in a place that has stage and has mics. So here's what I would say to you. It's the only advice anybody who's starting comedy needs to know. Get on stage. Yeah. That's it. Because you just said, how am I going to know? You're going to know when you get on stage. When you drove two hours and you got on stage for those other comedians, those other open micers, and you left, did you think to yourself, I can't wait to do that again? Or did you think, what the fuck am I doing? And that'll give you your answer. I really think so. If you are questioning whether you should drive another two hours to get on stage, then you don't want to be a stand-up. Yeah, or because move, move especially, at the very, especially at the very beginning, because like if you're not excited, regardless of how it went, if you're not excited to do it again, yeah, that's not a good sign. You got to be in love with it. And look, this is coming from a guy, which is, I'm talking about Jeremiah. What time are your spots here at the store? Most of them are after 1 a.m. where they're like, one, uh, they're between 12.45 and 1.15 a.m. And let's add a little more difficulty to that, shall we? Last night's lineup went, and I'm messing up the order, but went Whitney Cummings, Bobby Lee, Joe Rogan, Jeff Ross, Joey Diaz, Fahim. Now you've followed all of the monsters. Yeah. And now the crowd not only is tired, most of them have left. But they've seen some of literally the, the best, best comedy ever, in the world. Ever. So they're tired from laughing for probably an hour and a half straight, at least. Yep. A lot of them have left. So whoever's left, those people, I don't even know, honestly, why they... I've never understood why they stay. But they're tired. A lot of arms crossed. Not People probably still not drinking at 1 a.m. They're coming down a little bit. And so... I have such respect for you guys, and I, I believe me, did my fair share of those spots. And that's how Mitzi tested me, I think, actually, because she knew for me to get out at 1 a.m. with those three kids was damn near impossible. Was damn near impossible. So how are you going to do it? Well, do you have, like, would she give you any kind of notes or feedback after you'd come off stage? Oh, yeah, the first one I, okay, so when I showcased for her. Yeah. She, you know, she would sit in that chair, and she would either call you over or not call you over. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it was Wheels? Maybe Wheels was here at the time, and he was like, "Missy wants to talk to you." So I walk up, I go, "How are you?" And she goes, "You're really funny." I said, "Thank you." She said, "In handsome, you remind me of a young Steve Gutenberg." And I was like, "Oh, okay." That's a great compliment. <laughs> yeah. Steve Gutenberg was king of the '80s, yeah, and man. I love Gutenberg. I was like, "I'm on board for Steve Gutenberg," but. I thought she was like, when do you want to get on stage? But what she said to me, which I didn't know was a compliment at the time, I would like you to start working the door. Because in her mind, you learn by watching the best. Yeah. And so when she tells you to work the door, it wasn't because she hated you. It was no, because she was trying to groom you. Groom you. Yeah. And then she would give you those spots. If you if it's 1 a.m. and you're making people laugh in the OR, you're funny. You're funny. You're funny. Because you can't just get up and do material. You have to be. You're forced to if if the material and all the time I have to abandon material. I will try to go oh, in dude. with some bits, but at that late at no, night, no. you you literally have to give them a variety show to keep their attention. You also have to trick them into material. Yep. I do that all the time. Oh yeah. On the road, I, I, you know, sometimes I'll be like, okay, I want to see how I can get into this joke, this story. Sure. If I can trick you into, through talking to you, I can lead you to my story, it makes the story that so much organic, better. So organic, yeah. Makes it that much better. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that way I say, man, get on stage, get on stage, get on stage. 
And if you're if you live in a place that doesn't have mics, either make your own. There's a coffee shop there. Yeah. Make your own mic, and it doesn't have to be straight stand up. If you don't have enough stand up people, just call it an open mic. People can read poetry, do whatever. But I always tell people if you're not in a town with mics, make one. Make a mic. It people will, especially in a smaller town, they want that. Hey shit. man, I ran my own mic and did random shows around LA for yeah, years. Me too, dude. Yeah. That's what it takes. I will tell you right now, the best, the and I've seen, we both have seen people in this town blow places up. To this day, a room I booked, it used to be a place called, I was right down the street here, fuck. Uh, anyways, it was the first time I ever saw Rogan. And he had brought Billy Gardell in with him. And he was Rogan was closing out the show. And I forget what it's called. It's The Den now, down the street here. He okay, used, yeah. Right? And it, it it and it was just tiny little room, and we had to open the doors because the it was got so hot, but it was sweaty in there. It was right next to, anyways. And Rogan got up, and probably in front of ninety people, crammed in hundred crammed in. But we this was the best room. Uh, it was like, uh, it, it was like what Dublin used to be. It was the it was right before Dublin. It was the best room, and Rogan blew that. I remember thinking to myself, I don't think I'll ever do that to a room. There are some guys that just can just- have that thing. Yeah, they just light the fuse, and you can see it coming. And you're you're watching it. You're like, oh, that's a- Oh, oh, Uh -oh. fucking here Uh it comes. Yeah. And he blew. He, uh, I will tell you why he amazes me, man, and why he's such an interesting person for me. What a crazy combination of discipline and curiosity. Do you know what I mean? He's constantly wanting to learn. It's so admirable develop, yeah. for a guy to be where he is in life, but still have such an unquenchable appetite for knowledge. So the combination of curiosity and discipline is, to me, the best combination for success because I'm always going to try to get better, but I am going to make sure that when I'm trying to get better, I'm going to do everything I can that I know how to do to make that happen. And that's what he, he combines those two. And that's why he's so fucking good, I think, at everything he does. Outside of the fact that he's so smart and all that other shit, but... Yeah. All right, man. This brings us to our final segment. Hit me. Sax talk. Oh. Sax talk. So we're going to try something, which is... This is the first time uh, doing this. I'm going to play some sweet, sweet saxophone, and Josh has his guitar, so we're going to do a little jam sesh while uh, while he tells a story of a sexual encounter that happened to him. You, all right. Well, I was uh, out at a bar one night, and I met a girl. We got a little drunk. And then... Uh, I took her home, and her breath was so bad. But I'm no quitter. So I, uh, I brought her into the kitchen, and I offered her a scoop of peanut butter. Because I said, doesn't peanut butter taste good? And she said, I don't like peanut butter. And I said, are you sure? Because peanut butter would really go good right now. And she said, I don't want peanut butter, but I'll have some of those Doritos. And I thought, 
Well, fuck. Do you want some milk to wash that down with? And then we started making out. Things going well. And uh, I was on top of her. And I'm like, I'm about to get laid. And then I tried to switch positions. And my elbow hit her stomach. And she threw up right in my face. Projectile style. But to make it worse, that button in her stomach also made her shit at the same time. And, uh, but I told her, I just want you to know, not a deal breaker for me. Like, if you want to go clean yourself up, I'm still down for some action. And she said, uh, definite deal breaker for me. I'd like to go home now. She blamed me for making her eat peanut butter. And that's why she threw up. So I would say the moral of the story, Jeremiah, is don't dig your elbow into somebody's stomach when you want to have sex with them. That was mesmerizing. <laughs> I, so, did, so I tried she... to push up. And I and I, I pushed right, and, and she obviously wasn't expecting it, and it made her throw up and shit at the same time. Dude, I pushed on her, and she was like, oh, and it was like a like a heavy a stream, stream like a this, super soaker of vomit. Made that noise on my face, and but she also shit at the same time. Dude. And you're like, you're like, dude, this is my favorite kind of porn, dude. <laughs> is this vagina porn? Dude, is this what vagina porn is? <laughs> Dude, thanks so much for doing the show, buddy. I had a really good time, man. Thank you very much for inviting me down. Yeah, I hope you come back and do it. Um, is there anything you want to plug before we wrap up? Well, um, I do a podcast for Freddie Prince Jr. called Prince and the Wolf, which is on iTunes. Um, I uh, My road gigs are on ComedianJoshWolf.com. I'm going to be starting a show on Twitch. Uh, called Controlled Chaos, which is basically what it's gonna what it sounds like. It's gonna be just weird shit, and I've already invited Jeremiah to come down and do a bunch of weird shit with us. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna be a lot of fun. We got Avery Pearson's coming down. My son is my co-host. That's awesome. Yeah, it's gonna be a really good time. So, uh, man, we can't wait for you to join us. Yeah, I'm excited. Love you, buddy. Thanks for doing the show. Thank you. Oh.